Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 238 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, you and I talk pretty much every day, but there are things about us and each other that we don't quite know. So when you joined the call this evening, I was discussing things, and you said, oh, I went to uh, onto the island of Montreal recently, and so I was uh, kind of curious. You said, let's save this for the show. So I'm very curious to see what you want to come out with. On Friday morning, my wife asked if we should take the train into Montreal. The kids have, well, my daughter's taken it. You actually met her that day. Do you remember that day? Yeah, of course. We went to Indigo. Yeah, and we went to your uh, yeah, WeShare. We we what is it? We, we, we work, we yeah, share? Which is apparently facing imminent uh, bankruptcy. Aren't they always facing imminent bankruptcy? I assume so. I mean, like, listen, the whole idea of like, we're going to own buildings, not really, we're going to rent buildings and be the middleman. Um, you know, as landlords, didn't really work out. Oh, well. So yeah, I went to Montreal and we went full tourist. We took the train in, walking. I had a shoulder bag that I only usually bring to places like Disney World. And when I'm on vacation, I had my, my son and I looked like we were leftovers from the Grand Prix. I had a McLaren cap on, he had his F1 cap on, and that looked like we got lost in June and stayed in Montreal. So I have a question for you. What did you do that day? We went to the Illusion Museum. Okay. Which is next to... The uh, Factual the Museum. Con- well, it's, it's, yes, it's next to the Palais de Congrès, which we kept... So we were walking downtown, and we kept seeing people dressed up, let's say. Correct. And we were wondering if they were just regular, strange city people, or... Did you figure out what was going, going on Yeah, there was some sort of sweet something or other at, uh, at the conference center. No, it was a talk with Thon Angelo. Yeah, it's called Sweet Folie, I think, is what it was. Or maybe I'm wrong, but that's it said an immersive thing. Anyway, people were all in the uh, conference center, and they were all dressed strangely, and it was interesting, and my kids were fascinated. Right. I, I probably do think that it was, it was all there for Otakuthan. No one was there for, for Sweet Folie. Okay, so Sweet Folie is something different. So it is, yeah, it's an installation. It was there when I was there for Comic-Con last month. Like, it's, it's, it's a room. It's a, se- a series of rooms, right? It's kind of small in scale okay. versus these conventions that are way larger in scale. People dress up in things like that, right? So it's done by the Oasis people. Okay, there was no ad for that that I saw. The, the only no. thing we kept seeing was the whole Sweet Folie thing. So, okay, that's why we got it confused. There was something else, an anime convention. That See, if you think of public transportation regularly... You would have been able to see all of the Otokuthan posters on the screens and stuff, but you uh, stay away from the city a lot. So, Very much so. So it was odd walking around the city. The Illusion Museum was amazing, though. Really cool. A little, right. not huge, but there was interesting stuff. Highly recommended. It. It's fun for the kids. They really enjoyed the illusions that we saw. And it was like Where magic illusions. It was just illusions. So then we walked, by, walked back the other way. And went for some pizza at a wood-fired oven pizza place. It was very good. I think it's the one everybody knows in Montreal. It's just like in middle of downtown. It was great. Walked around some more. My wife wanted to go to Tiffany's. Wait, are you so talking about Ilfogalayo? Yeah, we went there. Okay. Because there's several wood um, burgers. Yeah, it's Ilfogalayo. I could I could remember the name off the top of my head, but I figured everybody knows that place. And uh, well, All of our listeners food. who are not Montrealers definitely know that name, correct? It's true. <laughs> yeah, and so then we walked around. I'm giving you grief walking. here. I know. I'm not even going to share this stuff with you next time. It was just odd taking the train with the family. Let's just put it that way. Right. But you didn't take the REM, which is our, our quote-unquote like commuter train now. The other one. Well, no, because that, that does not go to where I live. Well, I, I figured live maybe parked in Brossard. Way too far for and that. And then just... 
took it. No. No. So uh, for our for our listeners, Brossard is another suburb of Montreal. Closer, I, I live closer to a, the island. Much closer to the yeah. island than I am. And there's a new train service running through there that is uh, much faster in theory, but it keeps breaking down or it sends people into the garage late at night instead of bringing them to the, the Montreal side of things, which is just hilarious. The same system is running in Ottawa and they have a ton of problems there. So I have little faith in the, the Montreal transit system the system was actually created for european climates and we do not have a european climate so this is in the summer when it's actually nice and temperate and warm i'm curious to see what's going to happen when it goes to three below zero it's winter. not going to end well go look at ottawa that's all let's move from outdoors to indoors angelo you want to talk about a new uh, keyboard i'm very curious about this because i want to talk about one specific thing that made me laugh i um i've had the same magic keyboard since i got my imac in 2015 so i kept it when i got rid of the imac and it's fine, totally fine. But I'm going to be going to the office twice a week and I'm going to be bringing my MacBook and I'd like to have a good keyboard with my MacBook. They have a crummy, like beyond crummy wired keyboard I could use at my office. Brian, I tried to use it the other day. It was very sticky. You were very angry this week about your office setup. It was terrible. The mouse was garbage. The keyboard is garbage. So I have an old magic mouse right now. I'm using my daughter's magic mouse too. The one that charges like a harpooned whale upside down. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. I have an older one also that takes AA batteries that doesn't work super duper well sometimes. The battery kind of like has trouble connecting sometimes, but I, if once it, once you get it to work, it's fine. And I also, I decided to get a new keyboard. I'm not sure if I'm keeping this one here or bringing it to the office. I'm using it now. I'm showing it to Brian in the camera. Oh, yeah. So it's, what made uh, you go with that versus a standard uh, Mac wireless? A little, it's a little less expensive. And the keys feel better to me. Right. And they've gotten rave reviews. If I was going to get another Magic Keyboard, I would have gone with the Touch ID one. And that one's 180 Canadian. Okay. Whereas this was, after taxes, was like 134, which is not cheap for a keyboard. I I wanted to buy a, I saw a $70 keyboard. I thought, oh, that'll be fine. Oh, no. Mushy, mushy town. (laughs) Not not very good. (laughs) And if it's something I'm going to be using a lot, I'd rather spend, what, like 40 extra dollars and get something right. a little better. Because I, I do want wireless, obviously. I don't want wires on my desk at this point. I've had wireless for years. And this one's pretty good. So, I, I, you know, I've literally, I connected it three hours ago. So I haven't really used it on a full workday. I'm going to use it at home for now. Bring the, the uh, their keyboard to the office. Connect that to my laptop. I am going to label my keyboard and mouse at the office because things get stolen sometimes, even though it's a secure floor. I would never bring private property like that. Never. Yeah. So I'm going to, well, I mean, I've had stuff on my desk for years that nobody really took, but I'm hoping. But a keyboard, a wireless keyboard is pretty prized, pretty easy to steal. Yeah. The thing is, is that no one else on the floor has a magic keyboard. Right. What I'm talking about is someone would take it home. Yeah, that would be. That would be really crummy. Like, let's say one of the cleaners saw your wireless keyboard and said, hey, this looks kind of good. Let me just put it in the garbage, pretend to bring it out. Yeah, I'm going to maybe put it in my desk. I don't know. I'll right. see at the end of the day. Maybe do that. Angela, I want to talk to you about three three different things here that the the MX Keys Mini, it claims it does. Okay. The emoji key. Yeah, it works. Uh, yeah, you just hit function for normal Mac keyboards. It's been there for, for a year now. So I don't know what the... No, that doesn't work on my computer. Oh, okay. Computer. Well, you might have a, an older one because uh, function. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yes. I okay. Yes. I my I have an old Magic Keyboard, so I yeah. did not have that on my 
MacBook Pro, yes, there's a little yeah. globe key that works. Yeah, there's, so there's a, there's a function key that like is mapped to emojis. Um, yeah. and then there's a mic mute on mute for, for most video conferencing though. It is just the space bar from what I, from what I know. You Zoom, hold it. Yeah. Zoom is shitty. No, Zoom will let it do that. But like Google meets all these other, um, different, uh, platforms use that one. I don't know why Zoom doesn't, but that's fine. Well, the, curious, uh, can Zoom do this? Let's just take a look. Hold on a second. No, Zoom does do that. If you hit keyboard, if you hit a space. Oh, press and hold space key for, to temporarily unmute. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I'm doing that right now. I'm doing that right now too. I'm testing it out. So this is just what I'm saying. Anyways, uh, I don't feel like these features are like, this is like table stakes right now. Well, so the problem, the, I don't really care about those features. For me, it's more the keyboard and it's illuminated, which I don't really know how often I'll be in the dark in my office. But well, that's, apparently that's it's, fine. it kills the battery very quickly. Yeah, it lasts 10 days with, uh, with that on. It lasts fifth, five months. I was going to say five it. months. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I don't use those keys very much. The, the actually mute key forces you to install logitech's software uh, uh. I, tr- I so i tried it and then it's just it, it it wants to start on startup and all that garbage and i deleted it with like i got rid of it right away and that no no it, it's just to me it's just the keyboard i like the feel of the keyboard i like the i like how it's it's weighted so it doesn't like slide around on my desk it's fine Logitech makes good keyboards. I, Logitech that. also makes good mouses. I have this. Uh, oh, you have the MX Master. Yeah, yeah. I have the the yeah. I um, well, look at you. Here's a story, Angelo. I got this for free. Ask me how. Oh, how did you get an MX Master? I think I told. This, I don't know if I told this one on the on the podcast before, but so uh, my prior, it's, the th- it's the MX Master three. Yeah, I think it is. Hold on, let me just double check. Wow, fancy. No, it's the MX Vertical Wireless. Oh, okay. I've seen those two, and yeah. that kind of like. I've, I've done some mouse research as well. I wasn't sure if I was going to buy a new mouse because I, that old ma- that magic mouse is, I think, thirteen years old. It's right from two thousand. It's from two thousand. So it's really old, but it's still kind of working. So if it breaks, it breaks. But I, I was looking at there's a a, a fifty dollar Logitech mouse that isn't rechargeable. You just kind of have to use old fashioned batteries that use one AA battery last two years apparently. <laughs> I love this one. Uh, I have uh, I have like circulation issues in my hand, so this is kind of a bit of a lifesaver. And so yes, so the story is at my prior job, I knew I was leaving Angelo, right? I, I was just about to give my two weeks, and uh, the company had just announced, or no, that, sorry, I maybe was planning. It was the week before I was interviewing with my current job, and they announced, hey, we're giving everyone uh, three hundred dollars for office stuff again. Nice. So I applied that to this, and then the day after that, I gave my two. Good weeks. for you. That was my way of, of playing around that. Logitech makes really good Mac peripherals for and accessories for the you know keyboards and stuff like that. They're very good. I agree. Let us move on to speaking about apps, Angelo, and peripherals, but mostly apps, right? So uh, for another show, Casey List recently launched a really cool app, and I want to you talk about this because you're more well aware of this, even though it technically falls under my wheelhouse. It's it's your jurisdiction, films. Years ago, yes. I used to really like using the IMDb app. Yes. It's perfect. No ads. I click on it. It would work fine. Go search. Totally fine. I, st- I removed it from my, my phone a good five years ago because it became unusable. Do you agree? I just use the website still on my phone, and I find it's a, it's a superior experience to the app. Yeah. It w- well, yeah. The website was much, much better. That's what I went to. Yeah, it still is. It's oh yeah, it's it's much much better than the app. It's better than uh, IMDb is still better than just googling a cast because they'll oh, totally. give you the cast for all the movies ever made with that title. Yeah, or like random p- pictures of related things. 
But yes, so let's talk about uh, a new a new player has entered the arena. Call sheet by Casey Liss. Significantly better than even the website of IMDb. One thing, I, I'll say this off the top, I really appreciate it, is the spoiler hiding function of it. Have you ever watched a show and say, oh, great, this guy's in this TV show I'm going to start watching that has seven seasons? I love him. Oh, he's in two episodes. And he gets uh, killed the next I usually, I don't, I don't, I don't usually uh, anchor my TV strategy on an actor. No, I know, but it's, no, not, not in that way, but it's kind of like, oh, cool, he's in this, or she's in this, it's, it's fun, but then you look, and they're dead, or... But it doesn't, it doesn't really say that on IMDb, though. It says how many episodes they're in. Yes, but it doesn't say how or what they're connected to. No, I know, but you just... So it's not really a spoiler. It kind of is, though. What, like, why are they gone after? But what I like is that in this app, you can hide cast character names, yep. episode counts, episode titles episode thumbnails, all that stuff gets hidden. Casey uses a great example of when he watched The Watchmen. TV show. And in that example, he said that he was looking at a, uh, at a cast member and their secret identity was revealed, which wasn't going to be revealed for a few other episodes. So this is a really good little function of the app. And he goes on and talks about all the things that it can do, has some great trivia stuff, where to watch things. Like, it's connected to a few databases that are really useful. And the app is nice and clean. There's no ads in your face. It's a subscription model. So I think it's 10 bucks a year if you're in the US, and it's 12 bucks a year here in Canada. So a buck a month, perfect. Totally worth it. And you get 20 free searches to start things off. And there's like a hidden secret function if you go into, he'll add an extra five searches for free. If you go into other options, which is kind of funny. He's like, but this is the last five I'm giving you, he says. Right. And in the same area, you can actually choose to, instead of paying the the, the yearly subscription fee of like $12, if you want to just give him a tip, you can actually give a bit of extra money as well. Yeah. Um, super fascinating. I'm very curious to see what my wife says about this once the episode's over. Uh, it's it's a super clean UI. I love it. Um, I haven't subscribed just yet. I haven't felt the need to. Uh, I'm a letterboxed boy. And so I do all of my um, film searches on there and then secondarily through IMDb. Also, as we know, as a cinephile, Brian has memorized all cast members of every show ever made. No, my wife's better than that with, than me. You should see her, Angela. Like She has a free really? superpower, yeah. She's able to tell me when, who was a guest star on an episode of like random TV shows when they pop up on like another movie or TV show years and years later. If you, uh, if you like TV, if you like movies, if you want to know who the cast members are, definitely check out Call Clean UI. Clean UI. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's coming from somebody who has that type of background, who likes things a certain way to be easy to read, clean, concise, and it's great. Yeah. We're putting up the bad signal for Casey to come on. So I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Right, Angela? Yeah, I want to talk movies with, with Casey. I'm super fascinated. Yeah, if, if we do have him on eventually, uh, we want to talk his app, obviously, and then maybe talk some horror movies. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, let's do it. Um, all right, let's talk about the last thing I want to talk about in the tech segment, Angela. And this is an, a novel way by which you can kind of pirate-proof some music. And um, <laughs> this comes from Blubbermouth.net, which is like the kind of like the biggest um, metal news site around. And uh, they mentioned how... Uh, Guns N' Roses' new single perhaps accidentally ended up on 65,000 Touch Tunes jukeboxes um, around North America, right? So uh, the single was supposed to drop on Friday, August 11th. It did not, but magically, it appeared 
on some jukeboxes. Um, so I think that's a novel way by which to circumvent people, right? Because the best thing you can do in most cases, because the touch tones environment is a closed ecosystem, is to record it on your phone is like the closest thing you can do to get it right. It's like being at the uh, club recording an artist. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, as the article mentions to the uh, sound checked, perhaps um, a while back, a couple weeks ago, and some fans were recording it, but like from like far away. Yeah, it never sounds good. No, exactly. Guns N' Roses was in town this week, incidentally. I don't know if you know anyone, Angela, on your side of things who saw them. No, but when we were out uh, the other day. I was going to say, you probably saw a lot of, of people, black t-shirts. Lots of people in Metallica shirts. Yeah, I was downtown to run some errands briefly. I went to the, the new Krispy Kreme next to your place of work and uh, to pick up some donuts for um, for a barbecue we were invited to, or rather a, a, a dinner. And uh, yeah, a lot of confused-looking people, men and women, in black t-shirts. A lot of families... I I saw at least five or six families with small children all wearing Metallica shirts. And you didn't even want to join in? No. My kids would not be interested in that. No? Never seen ever. I hated that kind of stuff until the age of 13. Yeah, I I keep recommending stuff to my daughter and she just shrugs. (laughs) As one does, right? Taylor Swift or Get Out of Here? Uh, 1989, Taylor's version. I'm very excited about that. I can't believe she's doing that. But then I realized, oh my God, that album's like almost a decade old. That is correct. Think about that. I remember I was telling Corkers this. Uh, the world premiere for Shake It Off, the video, happened after the MTV like Music Awards, I think, in 2014. And I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, drunk off my ass with my friend Tony because we were on vacation. And uh, we were just yelling. We were just like, this is yeah! weird. Um, because like that was not the uh, pop music we were expecting from Taylor Swift at that point. Yeah, she's, uh, she's done well for herself, that young lady. <laughs> she sure has. Uh, doing a f- almost a full week up in Canada, right up in Toronto, um, tons of people I know got waitlisted. Yeah, my wife put herself on the on the list for that as well. See if she can take my daughter. Did she get waitlisted? I think she did, but like, there's no. She did not get a ticket yet, so it's unfortunate. Since we're talking pop music, a new uh, Olivia Rodrigo track uh, this week. As well. Loved it, love it. It yeah. sounds like sleigh bells. I love it. Yeah, she's fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, great single. It kind of also reminds me of the Breeders a bit. I wonder if she's going to get accused of plagiarism again. <laughs> well i hope not angelo let us move on over to the paranormal side of things let's talk about some new some old some true some not so true sound good to you sounds good coming soon to a theater near you are you sorry sir that you brought your son along to see alien no ma'am i think you should have seen it it's something that he needs to know that things could like that could happen in life that could be a true story. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for Ridley Scott's alien. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So I'm doing a bit of an update here on something we covered uh, on episode 227. That is the Loch Ness Monster, Angelo. Uh, we talked about uh, the person living around Loch Ness, whose job was to, um, you know, kind of guard things to watch over uh, the river. And now news comes out that the Loch Ness Center that we talked about uh, in partnership with a group called Loch Ness Exploration is launching a very, um, a larger scale search for Nessie than um, is traditionally done. This is the first time they've decided to do a, a search of this size since the early 70s. So Angela, they're going to do two different things. They're going to be using um, thermal imaging drones at night to kind of catch whatever is moving. And then they're also uh, going to be dropping a series of uh, hydrophones, which are underwater microphones to uh, depths of about 18 meters. Angela, do you know what 18 meters is in feet? 
I'd say a, it's about 60. A little. Oh, that's it. Okay. I was going to say close yeah. to a hundred, but yeah, no, so it's, it's 60, right? So they're good. They're doing a bunch of this. Um, and they're asking for volunteers to come, uh, join the, uh, Nessie hunt. My favorite quote from the article is, uh, McKenna saying that there's going to be some non-believers have telling him that he's wasting his time. And he disagrees because it's not wasted. You're in the middle of the Scottish Highlands. You're looking over this beautiful lock and the beautiful hills around you. I've never had a bad day, even in the pouring rain. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so that is a Loch Ness Exploration founder, Alan McKenna. Uh, some old, some new, kind of interesting. I'm kind of hoping that uh, it ends up being kind of cool. Um, you also forgot to mention that uh, McKenna mentions that he's like 90% skeptic, but there's a 2% that there might be something that keeps him interested, which I thought was a great quote too, which I feel is kind of like your philosophy. Yeah, I... Nessie is a, something that's sort of plausible, right? I, I've always gone on and said that the cryptids, uh, cryptids are the most plausible. Is a cryptid the, a baby cryptid? Because you said crib with a B, and like, and you corrected yourself. Is a cryptid? I a, just fumbled. No, but let's let's just talk about some lore here. Let's How are babies formed? Exactly. How is baby form cryptids help out? I love that. Let's start with that. Okay. Perfect. Okay, Angelo, let's talk about the stupidest thing I've seen on the internet all week. So, first, this has to be fake. I don't know anymore. I, um, I've seen a number of these kinds of things. So, firstly, like, you know, um, there is, uh, we're not making light of the tragedy currently happening in Hawaii and Maui, right? Like, it's, it's pretty messed up. I have friends who've vacationed there and friends of friends who live there from what I hear. It's, it's pretty devastating. So, it's even worse when you see stupid stuff on the internet like this. And I'm going to read this. This Facebook post that I need to sigh for heavily. Um, My brother in Christ, blank person, pointed this out, and it's spot on. What happened in Maui is by no means an accident, and this Mountain Dew direct energy weapons uh, Maui burst flavor is definitely not just a mere coincidence either. Remember, this is exactly how witchcraft and the occult works. They must show and tell you exactly what they're doing before they do it. So there's a picture of Mountain Dew Maui Blast. Uh, How dumb can you get if you actually believe this? Pretty dumb, Angelo. This cat's going insane. Sorry, she keeps rubbing. Brian uh, was holding a cat in his arms. Yeah, she keeps rubbing herself against me. Now she's got her paws on the keyboard. Well, you've locked her into the room. I don't no, see I a way out of it. No, her. no. The, the okay, there's, there's a space. Yeah, she, okay. slunk, like, she slunk in. She can slink out. She always okay. does this. Um, okay. No, she's getting older. I don't know if I mentioned this in the, on the podcast, but she's like deaf. Yeah, she has like this, yeah. She got like um, some thyroid issues, so we have to feed her pills twice a day. And so she's oh, just, boy, that, she's gotten very love sleepy. That. Actually, she doesn't care. It's so weird. So we put them oh, okay. in a little like a, like a treat pouch that okay. she's super into. So, okay, so that's great then. Yeah, so now she's going to go sit in the window for a while. But yeah, Angela, this is like the stupidest thing. Like, I think it's, it's doubly stupid, and I want to believe it's, it's a lie. But you and I both know the internet is filled, like, filled with like a, a landfill's worth of like stupid people. Well, it's it basically some people are in such denial about climate change that they'll resort to anything to get around the issue that, Oh, well the planet's getting hotter. Climate's changing weird and things that of this nature are going to keep happening because it's too hot. It can't be sustained. And there's going to be fires like this. I mean, I've heard people Do say not believe. that, that they, like then it's not climate change. It's like journalists are exaggerating this to get clicks. Yeah, what's there to exaggerate yeah. <laughs> when almost a hundred people have died? I know it's it's such an awful way of thinking, and like I think it's just a caricature of news organizations thinking that they're um, you know psychophants who just love the theater of sadness and worry 
and uh, negative emotions to drive clicks, but that is not the case. A lot of like I know a couple of reporters; they'd rather not be talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, they're they're worried that they need to drum up advertisement for climate change to make everybody get on board with it. Right. Right. Well, I'm kind of curious, Angela. Do you know anything about um, Meta slash Instagram and news at all? Because you're off those, right? So you yeah, don't know I'm what I'm talking about. Right. So Meta. Um, Basically, what has happened is that a bunch of news organizations in Canada, including and the Canadian government, have said like, if you're going to use our news on socials, like you should probably pay us a little bit. And so, in response, Meta is blocking news um, on Instagram as well as on Facebook. And their definition of a news organization is two or more people, and like has like a kind of list of things that like two fall. or more people. Yeah. So technically, you and I are a news organization. So you need more sources than there are people working there. That is correct. And so that's kind of crazy to me. Um, and I kind of don't disagree with the Canadian government about, you know, if you're going to serve up our links, then like maybe you should kind of click over. You're just uh, far left. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, anyways, like a lot of um, researchers have said that like this will actually just accelerate the disinformation uh, campaigns that are spread on these social networks in Canada, right? So because hey. most people sadly get their news from Facebook. Uh, yes, and correct. they're in a giant echo chamber where Facebook just feeds them things they know they're going to want to click on. I had an idea, and I hope you don't mind. I want to use the double density email address, okay? And I want to sign up for a Facebook account. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And I'm not going to follow anyone. And for a week, between episodes, like from this episode to the next episode, I'm going to just see what gets served up to me. And I'm not going to click on anything. Okay, that's a good idea. So for a full week, I'm going to spend like 20 minutes in the morning and in the evening just, you know, scrolling, but not actually clicking, and then just seeing where this goes. I tried a quick little experiment a few weeks ago. My my wife keeps insisting that phones and stuff are listening to you because she'll mention something and then it'll pop up, right? But we know that it's it, there's other things where these apps are so way ahead of you that they kind of know what you want to see before you see it, right? Yeah. So I said, well, let's try an experiment. So I started talking about bowling and bowling shoes right into her phone, right around there. We kept talking about going bowling. No bowling ads or anything yet. Interesting. So I did want to kind of mess with her and go on to bowling websites everywhere. I was going to say, I probably like search for like bowling alleys near me or whatever. But then uh, it didn't, I didn't, I decided not to do that. I'm glad that you're truthful, Angelo. And uh, yeah. I want to talk about someone who's not. And that, my friends, is someone I mentioned last week that I think we haven't really touched upon, but is definitely one of the um, premier liars of his era. And I'm talking about uh, a three-named uh, three named person, Sean David Morton. Uh, he describes himself as a ufologist, as a psychic, uh, part of the Stargate program. We'll talk about that in a bit. Also, a man who spent some time in prison for defrauding investors. Yeah, surprise. And also for uh, evading his taxes. Uh, we, would it surprise you? And like, this is kind of jumping to the end, but would it surprise you that him and his wife, Melissa have described themselves as sovereign citizens uh, in the last couple of years? No. And I, I bet he's a libertarian, right? Like that, that's oh, what sure, yeah. sovereign citizens do. So this UFO watchdog group brings back memories oh, because totally, it yeah. is part of the, well, it's, it's part of the Paracast. And that's where I first really started getting involved in like the paranormal community. I was a moderator at their forums and stuff. And I heard of Sean David Morton, only because I was going through the back catalog of Paracast episodes, right. and he was on the May 23rd, 2006 episode where he just made a fool out of himself. It's pretty brutal, Angelo. It's, it's bad. It's not, you know, and so um, one of the reasons I bring him up, of course, is because he, uh, Art invited him on in a very consistent, regular basis for years and years, as well as his uh, successor, George Norrie. And uh, things never kind of, so one of the things, one of the claims that Sean David Morton makes continually is that his predictions are mostly right. He has a 90% success ratio. So think about that for a sec. 
90%. So he must know everything that's going to happen before it happens. Which is what everyone was saying is that when he got arrested, both for uh, for his... his. So basically what happened in... Um, okay, so let's talk about his tax evasion stuff first. So essentially, uh, he was arrested in 2016 because of the fact that he claimed a bunch of stuff on his tax returns over the years and years uh, that he got refunded for that actually weren't refundable for. Well, that's like a classic thing to do, but you should be able to see that without the actual power of prophecy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that like by he, just looking it up? Everyone was joking like he used his power of prophecy in order to see um, his eventual convention, right? Sorry, I'm yeah. burping. Yeah. So he failed to appear for a sentencing hearing uh, in June 2017, then ran for it. And then in, in August, they were arrested, uh, him and his wife Melissa, and taken into custody. So um, Sean David Morton uh, from 2017 to Early 2021 was in prison and then was released. And then uh, Melissa got a lesser uh, – she got two years in order um, because of all of this. Um, These couples find themselves, don't they? Yeah. I'm just wondering, what are you, what are you and your wife planning on doing um, tax-wise? Like, you're going to gonna go ahead and just do stuff? Because of our sort of financial situation and our jobs that we have, our taxes are so boring. I mean, taxes are boring in general, but there's really nothing of excitement on our taxes. We put our salary in there. We put some of our retirement savings in there. And that's it. We do some kid stuff, maybe. Like, boring. There's, you know, like, but there's really not much to our, our tax forms. You know, like the extra medical expenses that aren't covered by insurance. Right, like your exoskeleton. Like yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I need that. <laughs> I need to have these iron arms. What if aliens try to attack my kids? Well, we'll talk like, about that's that later. That's what I use to protect them. Let's talk about his earlier charge, right? So what happened? Uh, so between 1996 and I think 2010 or 2011, um, Sean David Morton ran something called the Delphi Associates Newsletter, which he was constantly pimping out on Coast to Coast AM about all the different predictions. Kind of like a – he was kind of a financial prophet, if you were, right? But it was also revealed that he bilked investors out of eh, probably $6 million worth of stuff um, between 2006 and 2007. So apparently he um, was supposed to do Forex trading, right? So foreign exchange currency trading, like you kind of figure out, you hedge your bets on, you know, um, using geopolitical events and other factors in order to figure out, you know, what the currencies you should be buying are. So apparently he did not use most of the money investors gave him for Forex trading, but instead diverted them into shell companies run by Sean David Morton and his wife. That makes sense. So he, uh, in February 2013, was ordered by a judge to pay $11.5 million to the SEC. That's a lot of money. It sure is, Angelo. Um, uh, so I feel like he we're doing this episode a little bit life. backwards, right? So um, Sean David Morton, uh, you know, uh, claims that he, uh, in 85, like, I don't even know where to begin this. So he claims that he, in the 80s, met the Dalai Lama and, like, trained with him. Like, clearly that's a lie. Um, and then before that, what I found was really interesting on the UFO Watchdog website is um, – I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, Royce Myers. Royce Myers III. He kind of lays out all of the facts that um, Sean David Morton had made in his bio in the early 2000s, including being close friends with Gene Roddenberry of Star Trek fame, and that, that Gene had bought a script that he had written called The Guardians, which was patently untrue. And uh, multiple people reached out to people who knew Gene Roddenberry close, including his daughter, who – it's kind of a murky – we'll talk about his daughter in a sec – but including his biographer and archivist, who said they'd never okay. heard of this guy. Over and over. Um, but then he got his daughter, he got Gene Roddenberry's daughter, Dawn, to appear at some kind of convention with him. Um, but it turns out that she thought he was another Sean that she had once met in her father's office. Oh, it's a tale of two Seans. Exactly. And then he also further claimed that he was developing a new biopic based on Gene Roddenberry with Dawn. And then she was contacted and said, I have no idea what he's talking about. 
Brian, I clicked on his website, Delphi Associates. We've talked about this. It is bad. Like we've it, talked about it. It must be like yeah, but it isn't. It can't be. Like it's not. Is it? It's not current, right? Uh, hold on. It can't be. It's like talking about it. It's giving dates of like July thirty first and stuff, but like it can't be this July thirty first. No, I think this is old. Because uh, if you go down to new products, it says everything you want to know about the future volume two from the March 2006 New Life Expo. No, he has like a podcast and stuff that he's like currently running. Okay. I get him confused with uh, Billy Myers Handler. Oh, my, uh, Michael Horn. Yeah, I get them confused. No, this guy's a way larger grifter. And I'm allowed to legally say that because of the fact that he's been charged multiple times grifting. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he kind of he kind of wormed his way in, right? So at one point, he claimed to have a weapon that like would scare away UFOs and aliens, and he like had it at a conference in the early '90s. And then his association with Art Bell um, kind of got tied into a bunch of stuff, including a very infamous episode. So I feel like we're um, I'm kind of building up the rogues gallery of Art Bell show in order to do the Avengers episode. So a lot of people would consider the Avengers episode to be the September 11th, 1997 episode. But to you, Angelo, I say that is not the case. I say it is the May 23rd, 1997 episode of coast to coast AM. That is probably the closest to Avengers Endgame. Ask me why. Well, first of all, we've got some numerology going here because I mentioned May 23rd already for the 2006 episode. That's right of uh, the Paracast where he was on. So already we've got some numerology going. Uh, by the way, I went, and you, uh, I went ahead and sent you a, a GIF from his Delphi website on your uh, phone. So it's there for your enjoyment. Oh, wait, all I got is a voice message. I didn't get it yet. It, should, it says red. No? Oh, I sent it to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did not predict that happening tonight, my friend. Oh, uh, writing that. Sorry, that was for Brian. That was that's incredible, Angelo. I love that. That's great. I'm keeping this in the episode. Absolutely. And, and the reason you're doing that is because you have the Messages app, right? And I'm kind of curious um, for our listeners, like, how many of you use the Messages app on your desktop? Because I do not. I'm. I keep my phone on my phone. Yeah, no. It's. Uh, I have it on everything. No, I do not. Oh, that is a fun little gift. That is excellent. Yeah, my wife, I'm sure my wife really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, could she make any predictions about the future, right? So if you wanted to, you can actually find Delphine Associates, like uh, old newsletters. I do not recommend it. Um, a lot of predictions uh, did not hit. So here are some that Sean David Morton made. Well, wait. The, what about this Avengers episode of... I interrupted you with the, the numerology of May 23rd. Yes. May 23rd, 1997. Art Bell hosts Whitley Schrieber, Sean David Morton. Angel, they have amazing news. They have an audio recording of the alien Victor... His name is Victor, or they, is he a winner? They, so, no, they, they, they codenamed him Victor, right? An okay. alien um, from the depths of, of captured um, spaceship fame. And did they go on to prove this? I mean, we'll have to just wait and see as we we'll revisit to, yeah. Coast to Coast AM in a couple of episodes once we do a Whitley Streeter episode. Right? We kind of have to build things up. We got the yeah, Iron Man, the next Captain America. Is about rods. Yeah, so we do rods. We're going to do... Um, we're going to do Rods. We're going to do Whitley Strieber. And then kind of down the line, we're going to do September 11th, 1997, as well as <laughs> May 23rd, 1997. Uh, Hallmark eras of episodes right there. Look at these dates uh, matching up with things. I know. He would love this. Um, so, yeah, let us go back to some of the predictions he's made in the late 90s. Ready? I'm sure so many are The IRS so was are supposed correct. to be gone. The IRS was supposed to be gone by 1998. That's some wishful thinking right there. I know. I know. Uh, the Federal Reserve will crash. Okay, that's happened. Uh, Castro is overthrown in Cuba? No. I mean, he died. Yeah, but I mean, like, way later, in theory. Yeah. Scores of dams break open in California? No. 
During the day, a UFO mothership is caught on film over a major southwest city in California, Arizona, New Mexico, or Texas. That hasn't happened. A sexually transmitted disease is cured, and he says, literally, probably AIDS. That has not happened. I mean, it's, the treatments for it have uh, significantly improved. Correct, but they're not But cured. there's no cure. He also claimed that Clinton's scandal is going to force him uh, to leave office. Then Al Gore also resigns uh, as a result of, uh, of this uh, whole mess. And uh, we all know that is not true. Clinton suffers a heart attack, apparently. The only one that he's off by about 15 years is that paper money will be replaced by smart card. And that's really not... No, I mean, like, that's kind of common sense, right? Like, that's just, we knew that was going to happen. Although I, I am shocked when I see people paying with cash these days. I only do it when there is cash to be needed. So, for example, at the film Fantasia Film Festival, the, the snack stand was cash only. How dare they? So I, I was using cash to buy my tiny popcorn uh, when I went to go see a movie. Is that in our old building of work still? Both, yeah. Wow. Yep. Uh, it was fine. So, yeah, so another thing is that... Uh, Sean David Morton starts selling all of these like remote viewing how-tos based on the fact that he claims that he's part of Project Stargate in the 80s. So this is, and this is 20 years ago. This is kind of like how time is a flat circle. People reach out to Hal Putoff, who, you know, was ostensibly um, yeah. instrumental in that. And he's like, I've never heard of, of, of Sean David Morton before. Well, he hadn't even heard of him. Nope. I feel like if you would have purchased these remote viewing tapes, you would have stuck with it a little longer. Oh, you think so? If it was Sean David Morton versus uh, Major Dance? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna. I mean, he's such. I mean, he knows his things. He's so good. He's at only stuff. been to. He's only been to prison once, right? Like that's. And I mean, he earned millions of dollars. He had to give most of it back, but he ver- he earned it. Yeah, he also lied about his his dad's um, career. He claimed that he was uh, part of NASA, which was not true. And then he also claims that he was part of the astronaut corps, which was not true. Do you feel like somebody like this has some sort of mental illness where they can't not lie? Narcissism, yeah. Is that is that considered a mental illness? Like, not really, I guess. And I think narcissism is a mental illness for sure. Okay, I think it's something. So that, I think it's something that like you can be uh, afflicted by, and there are treatments okay. available for it. So I think I do think that it is a, an issue. So he needs help more than anything else. Yeah. So he uh, he claimed a whole bunch of things. The only thing that was true is that he had a bachelor's degree from USC, but then he claimed that he studied uh, at the USC Juilliard program. So Juilliard didn't actually have a program at USC. Um, so there's, he was unable to do that. Um, he also claimed that he was at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts, and that is not true because uh, they don't actually um, offer the kinds of, of degrees that, that, that he was uh, alleging. One of the things I truly enjoy in my line of work is reading somebody's resume and absolutely knowing they're lying and being able to see the proof of it. Yeah, he also claims that he was uh, he claimed to have a postgraduate uh, doctorate degree in theology from Barack Church in Houston, Texas. Angela, that, wow, that was his prediction of Barack Obama becoming president. Exactly. Maybe like 12, yeah, like 15 years out. But, uh, you know, they only offer things like uh, Bible quizzes. So they don't offer, there's not a degree giving granting institution here. It's funny to, to me that people lie on their CVs like yeah. that. He also claimed when he was studying with the Dalai Lama in the 80s, um, um, uh, one person at least has said that, like, no, he was actually, like, he was working at a club uh, in the late 80s, the mid late 80s. Like, he was here in the 80s. I can see him working at a club. I agree. He's got that club face. <laughs> I agree, yeah. And then he just, he just loves, loves, loves claiming his close. Uh, he also claimed that he helped Patrick Stewart land the role for Next Generation because Sean David Morton was bringing in... Um, uh, copies of issues of X-Men. And for some reason, Gene Roddenberry was like, that looks like Patrick Stewart. We need a Professor X. I mean, he knew Gene Roddenberry and he was able to predict 
Patrick Stewart playing Professor X? He he was instrumental in that, clearly. Yeah. I mean, if there's ever one piece of stunt casting, that's yeah. it. So uh, th- let's draw the, a funny kind of um, um, parallel here, right? Your, your, okay, favorite, your favorite Stephen Greer and mine, right? So Stephen Greer will ask people to pay thousands of dollars to go into the desert with him, right? Yeah, and he's a doctor. Correct. Um, that's not made up. That's not made up. Sean David Morton's doctorate uh, credentials kind of sucks. Also, he used to charge people 100 bucks or $99 to go out to Area 51, right? And claims to see all kinds of things. And so um, someone was out there covering, uh, writing an, an, uh, an article for a popular ma- uh, science magazine in the late 90s and looked over and saw Sean David Morton burning excitedly at the sky. And he had two people with him. And he was trying to get them into buying that, like, every single thing up there was a UFO from stars to things like that. And as you and I both know, um, people get busted in, right? Uh, via plane, I should say. Get people get flown in in the morning in order to yeah. work there, and so he was trying to claim that that was also a UFO, in the shape of an airplane. In the shape of an airplane, correct. I I feel like if you know, compared to Sean David Morton, Stephen Greer is like a a model citizen. <laughs> I mean, there's a degree of an of degeneracy there, right? and I use that term yeah. kind of like to relate to both all of his uh, seemingly fake credentialing. Like, listen, like for example, like. Bob Lazar only claimed to have not been to one school slash been to one school. This guy has claimed years and years of schooling that do not exist, apparently. I feel like he's up there with probably the worst in the paranormal field of hucksters. For sure. And, and people grifters. people still want to buy into what he's saying, right? Like, I would be very curious that to know. That blows my mind. Yeah. Is, but are, the, are these the same people that think Mountain Dew is shorthand for uh, directed weapon? Uh, I mean, it's close, weapon. right? It's It's close. These are the same people. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, I, I started reading threads on above top secret and I decided not to continue because it was just making me angry. So you wonder what people think, but I, I see all kinds of crazy stuff. Just like I said, just going downtown and walking around. It makes me rethink my life sometimes. Yeah. I dropped a, a uh, an article that I forgot to drop into the show notes, Angela, so you could read this after the episode is done. But it's all about um, sovereign citizens, the sovereign citizens movement, and uses Sean David Morton as kind of like the uh, the framing uh, device and about how they uh, swindled the uh, American government for uh, lots of money. Pre-COVID. I wonder what he thinks about COVID. Oh, dude. I wonder, too. Sean David Morton, COVID. He's got to be like a anti-vax uh, COVID isn't real type of deal, right? <sighs> Must include COVID. There we go. Sean David Morton News. The Times of India? Okay. Oh, no. I thought that comes up a lot sometimes in weird ways. Yeah, he got out of jail early because of COVID, so I guess he's thankful for it. Okay. So at least there's that, right? Brian, I like when you bring me these huck- hucksters. I know. I and really I, like I just, when we talked about him last episode, I realized we hadn't unpacked him, right? So, um, you know, here's some quick bio stuff. Like, he lived in California in the 70s. His mother was a... Um, self-help guru and one of his claims that's like super awkward is that he go wrote, ghost wrote two of her diet books so oh, great. that's a fun thing so she got emailed that and then she denied that and then um she got really angry she sent it all caps email and then the next emails clearly were from not her from like a legal representative um who did not want to comment so that's that's kind of fun so decades long decades long Angela. yeah wonderful so you know, compared compared to what we covered last week with John Hogue, like this this is night and day right like John Hogue is like I mentioned John Hogue Seems like somebody you'd want to kind of talk talk with for a while until he becomes too pretentious. But he seems like he'd be a fun hang. 
that's the thing. Sean that, like, David Morton? Not at all. The layer of, and I talked about this extensively last week, but once again, like the layer of prophecy that he layers over like some pretty smart stuff is very angering because if you just remove that, he'd be a good talking head for a lot of different things. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. And, and I mean, John Hogue never claimed to be somebody who, who creates prophecies. No. He just kind of interprets Reinterprets. Interprets yeah, interprets them. and reinterprets yeah. them, right? Which yeah. is fine. Yeah, I, do, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Let's close the door here on Sean and David Morton. So quick note to all of our listeners. Um, if you have not secured your copy of House of Leaves, please do so because Angela and I will be doing an episode either in September or October um, with special guest Rob of Our Strange Guys. Uh, he sent me a picture I of like his. I like that guy. I like that guy too. And last year we did Not the Entity. Grifter. We did the Entity last year, right? So I'm very yeah. excited about that uh, to have him back for a sequel. He's also w- working on some really, really cool um, stuff. I think it's going to drop here. I can't do math. Just give me a sec. Let me just double check because he sent me the, the numbers of the episodes and I just... Uh, Oh, yeah, it's going to come out pretty soon. Um, something that you're going to be interested in listening to. Great. For 163. I always enjoy his podcast. Me too, which is why I'm thrilled to have him on. Uh, we were just nerding out about House of Leaves a little bit, so I'm very excited to dive that, uh, into that with the two of you. Great. This has been it for episode 238 of the Double Intensity Podcast. And before we leave, Angelo, can you tell people where to find us? The easy place is www.doubledensity.net. And you can fill out the form. The contact form, yeah. some more forms. Yeah, fill out yeah. some forms. Get us some messages. We would love to hear more messages from from the, the people out there in uh, Double Density land. We still haven't figured out what we're going to call them. Double Density no. fans? And then, Double yeah. Densidads? Yeah. De- den- dentites. Double, no. <laughs> Double Dentites. Uh, a little bit of a Seinfeld reference there. Yeah. Uh, well, look. Also, go fill out a form on the uh, Apple Podcast website. Oh, we love that, yeah. Rate us five stars. Apple Apple Podcast Double. I haven't gotten a notification that we've gotten any new ones, so. They're always welcomed. It's true. There are a bunch of ratings on there, and we thank everyone who's rated us. Yeah, always fun. Um, yeah, so that's it, Angelo. Leave me alone. I can't wait to talk to you yeah. sometime in the next uh, 6,000 years. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going into town again this week, so that'll be fun. Send me your newsletter filled with predictions, please. All right, I will. Tune in, in next episode, and Angelo reads off. This news prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Bye. See ya.